This morning, we're going to focus on some stories, okay? And so we're going to be focusing on some faith stories of a few couples from our church, okay? So when they come on the screen, you're going to be like, I know that person. You really do, okay? I promise you do. You know them. And so as they come up, we're just going to talk a little bit about the stories that of, of God working in our lives in, in, in a variety of different ways. And so as you hear their stories, I want you to think about the things that God is doing currently in your life, the story that he's telling, uh, the stories that you're going to be able to tell in the future, um, what he's going to be able to show you from those stories. Now, the only reason we're able to do this is because uh, on Memorial Day weekend is because of the ultimate sacrifice the, the stories that we can tell of those, those men and women who paid the ultimate sacrifice. And so as we sing songs, as we hear these stories, I want you also just to reflect on the freedom that we have to worship in this place because of them. And so uh, as, as we do that, uh, let's, let's sing to our living God and, uh, and do that now. Well, actually, we're going to do a video first with the team in. Sorry, I messed that up. I found that I have trusted God more in the major decisions in my life. Uh, for example, moving from Nebraska to Texas and trusting that God had big plans for me. And when he just laid everything out and everything fell into place. And um, I think what was more important was that I listened. Um, I prayed and then I listened intently as he um, kind of guided me to to move to Austin um, and then um, the, the, the second time that I feel um, that I really trusted God was when uh, we put up our house for sale when I was pregnant with our first child and we were planning to move to LaGrange, and a week after he was born, it sold, and I kind of had that, oh no moment, <laughs> now what, what have I done? Uh, but, you know, as I listened, it was it was God just telling me, just trust me, and just, just go. And we moved here, and I was a new mom with a brand new baby, and it was the hardest time in my life. I knew about a total of five people, and we didn't have a church home, but I trusted, and um, God knew what he was doing, and here we are. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, uh, the biggest thing following my faith was just uh, listening, I guess. I, I, I always thought I was coming up with ideas, but all of a sudden I would have a a change in my mind and and one of those changes we were talking about our church home and we were just didn't feel quite comfortable what we were doing where we were in LaGrange and uh, we had tried Second Baptist um, months before and things didn't work out um, we were looking for other churches we bounced around to others and then we decided let's let's try Second Baptist one more time let's give it a shot and this time Chris was there and we just it just took one time and he was excellent and uh, the people were just so wonderful and we just really we were like man I think this is it you know I think this is the place we've been looking for 
um, and we kind of immersed ourselves more than we ever have uh, with the church. We were always, even in Austin, we would go to the church, but we wouldn't connect with life groups and what they called their little uh, their little groups that they would get together. Um, and we, we wanted to do that this time, and we've done it, and we really just felt so blessed to really connect with the people that we've connected to. And, you know, and getting baptized again, uh, I was baptized as a baby, but now I had my chance to do it as an adult, you know, and make that decision for myself. And uh, it was just a sermon by Pastor Chris that said, you know, be the be the spiritual man of your household you know be the be the one and i said i want to be that one so you know and i just trusted in god that this was this was my chance to do that and i think it's really it's been great you know i feel i feel like more of a more of a real man than i've ever felt you know not the macho big and strong and muscular but like deeper in my faith um being a better husband being Bless it, and uh, I just need to stay in it and keep loving him and keep loving the people around me and my church family and my real family. And uh, what a blessing it is! Our move um, to this community, Lagrange, and um, we um, lived right when Jeremy graduated from vet school. We got married um, and we moved um, to Brenham. And we lived there for five years total. Um, after a couple years, we started having kids and um, starting a family. And uh, we kind of, I kind of felt a little unsettled about where we were living. Not that it was a bad place to live. We had a lot of great friends. We were involved in a church um, and a small group. And it was, it was a really great time, a great growing time for us. But I kind of just felt like that wasn't our long-term place. We weren't going to live there forever. Um, so I personally had kind of started praying about it and just figuring out. And also, I felt like Jeremy wasn't um, super happy at, at that clinic. Not that he um, didn't enjoy his job and his profession, but I kind of just felt like it wasn't the schedule, um, his hours, and then especially since we had two young kids at that time, um, just it just wasn't jiving, and so I felt like he was a little out of sorts um, there. So I kind of started praying on my own about it, um, and just kind of saying, God, just where do you want us to be? I feel like this is not where we're going to be. Um, so probably about after three years of living in Brenham, I started this prayer, and um, and we kind of, um, there was a several different job opportunities that came came about, and um, he explored those and pursued those um, to see where maybe God wanted us to go. Um, a weekend spiritual retreat, and um, it was separated. Women went to one, and men went to the other. And um, so I went first, and then, um, and then he went. Um, and I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about his experience there. So, yeah, so I was completely in the mindset that I was doing what I needed to do career-wise and family-wise and, and uh, in my own strength going to pursue and, and persevere and, and do these things. And through this walk and through our – we were engaged in a, a church in the community and in a small group and, um, and were in, encouraged begrudgingly, honestly, to, to go on this, these retreats. And, uh, and it, it changed the way we looked at, looked at things, and it really <clears throat> dug us in more in dealing with 
um, our faith and, uh, and how we would let, let God be a part of our lives and, and step back, at least at least for me specifically. So when I was, I was somewhat discontent working really long hours, but I, but I did enjoy my job. And, um, and through some prayer and discernment, we had, we had realized that we would probably not be staying here in this situation for, for long term. So then it was a matter of where to go next. And so in, uh, in my mind, I would start looking through job listings and interviewing for positions and finding that right fit, making sure that it was good for our family. <clears throat> and so I did start to, I did begin to do that. And as that happened, some doors started closing. Maybe one job wasn't available or I didn't get, didn't get it or, or didn't like something about it. And so these type, <clears throat> type of things. And it became, as we were praying about it, I had peace with those disappointments or those closed doors and, um, and knowing that, well, although that's a closed door, that's an opportunity. And God, you take this and, um, and do what you, what you can with it. And, um, after this goes over a year and a half to two years, and uh, one day I received a phone call and it was actually from the, uh, the practice here in LaGrange that I had had a relationship with four or five years previous and no contact with in between. And uh, it was, and they they asked, "Are you in a place where where um, you'd be looking for a career move or, or think about coming coming back to Lagrange or over to Lagrange?" And uh, absolutely, you know, it was it was um, it was something that we were certainly certainly discerning. And so we went through that process and uh, of interviewing and then looking at that situation, and uh, and it turned out that it was going to it looked like it was going to fit. The interesting thing about that time was um, we were feeling good about um, God's uh, role in this and that we had patiently waited and discerned this and, and took and taken the ups and downs and we're, we're kind of headed on a, on a good path. And this is around 2008 and we're about three years into a 30-year mortgage on our starter home as a family. And, you know, the, the real estate market is uncertain and, and things are crashing around that time. And uh, we're here with a couple of months to make this move and to sell a house and to move an infant and a, another child, you know, not far, but an hour, hour or so down the road and secure housing there and, and all of these fun things that we deal with. And, uh, and, and God took care of it. Uh, it was really amazing how um, that house sold and we were able to recover our down payment and put it down on another house and, and, uh, and make that transition. Um, and so it spoke to us that uh, we, needed to, we needed to back off and, um, and give God the opportunity to do his work. And although we needed to stay focused and work hard and to do our job over time it, um, in, with patience, it, it happens that, that, uh, that his will can be done. And, of course, that's the, for the betterment of the kingdom. And uh, we've been in LaGrange and, um, and, uh, and have continued to, to receive God's blessings. Not that it's, everything's perfect. Right, we have our ups and downs, and we still we still have those things, and we and we still seek out God. But uh, it was a it was a real lesson to me. Um, it reminds me of one of our uh, uh, memory verses in, in Romans chapter twelve that says, "Be joyful in hope, and patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer." And uh, that was kind of became our mantra that you know we need to uh, we need to be patient and turn it over to God and continue to pray. And um, doors open and close as they do, and uh, and it strengthens your faith and your family. And uh, we're able to, to move on. Uh, the last couple we're going we're gonna to actually see a video from is Butch and Mary Moore. And uh, Butch and Mary are very special to me. Uh, when I, was get, I got out of college and came back to Second Baptist, and I was in a bit of, a, a bit of flux. I didn't know exactly what, you know, what life was going to look like here, kind of starting a new job, doing all those kind of things, trying to figure out being back in my home church where I grew up at. And then you know, I was away for a long time and then came back. And uh, I really saw during that time 
community like I had never seen it. And it was just such a, such a great time going into in Butch and Mary's uh, young adult class. They, they did a college and career class, and I was able just to see um, just they were exactly what I needed during that, that time. They were a part of my story. And so uh, I want you to hear a little bit from them. They have a powerful story. A lot, God has done a lot in their lives, and so uh, let's hear from them now. Well, uh, so we had been married about mm, seven years. Roy had just been born, so we had a baby, and um, my dad got really sick. And Butch and I were in our 20s, and um, uh, so he was sick over the course of a year, and then he died. And uh, uh, Died of cirrhosis of the liver and never drank a drop. He was a Baptist deacon. But anyway, so I went into a deep depression, but I didn't know it was a depression because in those days, this was in the early 70s, nobody talked about depression. I just thought, I mean, I didn't, I don't remember what I thought, but I completely did not love anybody except my baby and my mother. And so I went to Butch and I said, I I just think you should know that I don't love you anymore. I mean, telling it now sounds so weird, but... I said, I, I just think you should know that I don't love you anymore. And, but, I, but I don't want a divorce because I can't raise this child by myself. And, um, and so I said, well, so we're not going to divorce, but I just want you to know I don't love you. And we're just going to keep living together. Uh, we're going to just be like brother and sister and raise this baby. And uh, Butch said, well, hmm, he said, well, we're not going to live like brother and sister. And he said, we're, I have faith that God is going to restore your love for me. And we're going to stay married. And, uh, and it's all going to work out. And I said, I don't think so. And he said, no, he said, it will. And, and so I did not get any kind of professional help. We didn't go see a marriage counselor. I mean, and it's hard to, now looking back, it's hard to imagine that we didn't because now that's the first thing somebody would have done. In those days, people just didn't do that. You made your bed, you lie in it. We didn't tell our parents. And so, uh, you know, we didn't hit our knees and pray. We were both Christians at the time. But Butch, you know, I have to give him the credit, and he had faith that our marriage was going to be restored. I really did not. But um, anyway, it took about probably a year and a half, and very, very gradually, I completely fell in love with him all over again. And, you know, the rest is kind of history. So that was, I think that was a huge step of faith for him because I think a lot of men would have just said, hey, I'm out of here. I'm leaving this squalling baby and this crazy woman. And um, he, I mean, we were steadfast. He was steadfast. I was an area, but anyway, but, and... It, it, was, it worked out great, and I, I think God just did a miracle. And, you know, I, since that time, I've had the opportunity to talk to people and, and 
who were having marital problems, and, and the woman would say, well, I just don't love him anymore. And I would say, you know what? God can restore that love. Because mm-hmm. I've been here, done that. Yeah. So, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about Ronnie? Oh, you do, right? <laughs> oh. Sheesh. I don't know where to start. Um, that was a, a completely fake deal because when we when we really didn't even know that our then daughter-in-law had other kids that were mentioned, but we didn't think about it because she, she, never she, never, she never talked about it. Uh, she came. Rana had not seen her mom since she was like five or six years old, and now she's nineteen and she. Read on Facebook, she had a, a new sister, and she wanted to see her new sister. So she comes out of juvenile detention hall and goes into a woman's shelter. And from the woman's shelter, she, her, my son and then wife sent her a round trip airline to come come down and see her mom and the new baby. And my son and them were having lots of marital problems then, and she, so she stayed with them for about a month. And when we met her and got to talking with her. Mary, uh, Mary come in one day and she says, you know, I think, I said, let me stop you because we're fixing to move Ronnie in with us. And we did. We, we, we didn't know who she was. We knew she just got out of juvenile detention. We didn't know, you know, was she a mass murderer? Who, who was she? <laughs> who was she? But we moved her in with us. Mm-hmm. And that process, I don't know where to do. Well... <clears throat> She got a job. Well, and at that time, also, we were, uh, Butch and I were teaching the young adults here at Second Baptist. And so she was a young adult and she had graduated from high school. And they just took her in. I mean, they just loved her and included her. And, um, and we had had experience talking to young adults and dealing with young adults. And so the Lord had just, I think, prepared us to have a young adult in our house. But we really, I mean, there were many nights we would go to bed. And she, we had a two-bedroom, one-bath house. And so we would go to bed, and, and she would be in the back bedroom, and I would look at Butch and say, well, you know, should we shut our bedroom door? Is she going to, you know, kill us in the middle of the night? But we very early on, when she came to us, uh, she just shocked us because she said, many people don't know this, but I'm a Christian. And uh, so we felt like we were there to kind of disciple her and, um, and teach her a lot about Life. Just life in general. She had never held a job. She couldn't Uh, drive. She couldn't drive. She didn't know how to drive. Her stepmom, of course, she was diagnosed with Asperger's when she was 12. And her stepmom had told her, all her life, you're not normal. You can't do things other people do, so get used to it. And so she withdrew into a shell, I think, because she had been told by her mom she can't do anything. Her stepmom, but she calls her mom because she raised her. And she just... Hadn't done anything because she was told she couldn't. Uh, she would cover herself up in a blanket and hide and read 
and, and get away to get away from people. So she got a job at Walmart, and we ferried her back and forth for a while. And then Butch said, "Well, you got to learn to read." One of Butch's TBM buddies drive, not read. Did I say read? Okay. Teach her how to drive. So one of Butch's TBM buddies, Butch was talking to him one time about the car. Do you know anybody that has a car? Ronnie, I'm teaching her to drive, and let's say she was not a natural. It was a challenge teaching that girl to drive. I said, do you know of anybody that has a car for sale? We're looking for a car. Cheap. Cheap. And he said, for who? And he, he knew the story of what we were doing with her. And I said, for Veronica. And he says, well, I've got a, a 95 Explorer. We bought it new. It's got 180,000 miles on it. We just bought my wife a new one. And he said, come get it, and I'll give it to her. Well, he could have got a couple thousand bucks for that car because it was it, it one owner, even though it has some miles on it. And we went and got it, and uh, I taught her how to drive. So how often do some people just haul off and give you a car? That, that This is another Christian God thing. But wait a minute, there's more because so that car wore out. She worked at Walmart and through this all she's learning how to be an employee also because she uh she had never had worked. a job. She'd never had a job. And her people skills lack a lot. So we you know, we tried to teach her people skills. Well, I guess we did. Well she worked at Walmart three months and then she worked for Bells three months. Oh, well, she worked. She, she worked about four or five different jobs three months because she couldn't get the get in the hang of working. So her car. Oh, Rushka. She worked at Rushka. She worked at Rushka and Elgin. So her, this car that she had been given wore out. Well, our daughter just came up one day and said, I want to give Ronnie my old car and buy a new one. And I said, ay, ay, ay. She's getting her second car given to her. So I, I told her later, I said, Ronnie. This does not happen. Don't get the idea that every time your car wears out, somebody's going to give you a car. But anyway, Emily gave her her second car, which was a standard. So then Butch had to teach her to drive standard, which the, I was out of it. Here, I mean, I don't... Here again, that's the she was not a natural. <laughs> so, it was fun teaching her to drive a standard. We'd get out in the hills, the little rolling hills back behind Ellinger. I'd <laughs> make her let her clutch out and go to the top of the hill and then roll back. Uh, up and down the hill trying to get a feel for the clutch. <laughs> so, um, anyway, she lived in our back room for three years. And um, then we took custody of our her little, her little half-sister, our full granddaughter, Tyler. And their stay in our house overlapped for, by a couple of weeks. Because by the time we took Tyler, Ronnie was ready to move out. When she was ready to move out, Grandma was living next door in our trailer, and Grandma had gotten older and felt like she needed to be in assistant living, and she moved out of the trailer. So, Ronnie moved in the mobile home next door. We had Tyler, and then she lived in that mobile home for two years. So we had Ronnie for five years. And I would pray for Ronnie, but I would also pray for us because 
Well, I'm not going to point at you and say this, but... You are. <laughs> patience. Praying for patience. And you would think that I would have... I don't know, but if you know us, you would think, well, she has more patience than he does. But there would be more times when I would go to him and I would say, I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And then his patience would kick in. And uh, because, see, there would be times when Ronnie thought she was smarter than we were. And, uh, but anyway, so Ronnie is now in basic training for the Air Force, which is just a miracle in itself. I mean, we won't bore you with the details. Two and a half years. But he started trying to get her in, and, uh, you know, and so many things happened. And, and, you know, we would ask her when she would be, you know, in a, Snit or whatever, we would say, Ronnie, do you know what a God thing this is? How many strings God had to pull to get you from downtown Manassas, Virginia to downtown Ellinger? That was not an accident. You know, so anyway, that was it, it was all a journey of faith, all five years. Um, and it still is, I guess. And now we have Tyler, so that's another another story. But um, do you want me to, do you want us to go on? You've been working with kids since we were, the year after we've been married, fifty one years. So basically, we've been working with kids for fifty years. We started the year after we got married on our first youth, first youth function. Did, of course, did did youth for years and years and years, and then here she was working with the, still working with kids, and I took over the college class and then she realized I was having so much fun with the college kids that she decided she needed to come over with the college class and I think all of that focused in into getting Ronnie a lot of it prepared us for our for working with Ronnie and of course now that we've got Tyler things have definitely changed for a 70 year old too so <laughs> What do you think the main lesson, if there's one thread through all that for y'all? I think I've been, he's been working on patience with me since day one. I have no patience. I've showed more patience with, with Ronnie than I've done with anybody. I've been, I don't know why, but I just knew that this girl needed to do something besides where she was and what she was doing, and then I thought the service was it. And, but in here again, I didn't do this on my own. God, God put it in my head how to. How, I've always been able to do things and make things happen, and this is probably the most rewarding things that's that's been made happen in, in my in my my life. Getting her in basic. Well, the main thing for me is. Uh, uh, you know I. God can, God just does miracles all the time. And you can either be in on them or you can sit on the sidelines. I guess, I don't know. But it's really, when you come to this stage of your life and you look back and you say, wow, you know, God did that miracle, He saved our marriage. God brought us Ronnie, and then he he let us 
um, nurture her and guided us as we nurtured her. You know, and there were many times I would pray for Butch to have wisdom to, you know, when I got to the point where I said, I can't do this anymore, then I would say just give Butch wisdom to know how to make decisions and what to do with her. And and so you just, when you, you just don't want to go through life. And I knew an old Baptist preacher one time that said, don't ever be one who just sits on the stool and do nothing. And so you just want to be, we're just the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. And if you make yourself available, then he will use you to make a difference in the lives of other people. That's that's what I get from it all. And it takes tremendous faith. I mean, tremendous faith. For all we knew, we were welcoming a mass murderer into our home, you know? I mean, really, but it, thankfully, she didn't turn out to be a mass murderer. Yeah. She's a sweetie. <laughs> all right, yeah. Good. I, uh, I think Chris, when he, when he first started, he, he talked about the different couples he was going to put on video. I think he intended for that video to be eh, five to seven minutes or so, but man, they just get going. It, what, what a story, right? All the different things that God's done throughout their marriage and then obviously uh, in their life. and they, they both alluded to this point, both Butch and Mary alluded to the point, that somebody on the sidelines, somebody that's looking out into their lives, uh, maybe even talking to Ronnie might say, "Man, what what a coincidence that your life has ended, you know, ended up here in Lagrange at this point." And they could say, "What a coincidence!" But those of us of faith, those of us who who have been praying for these details, who have been seeking God's answers, who have been wanting God to just show up and, and to work in her life or work in in, in, the, in the midst of some situation, they know they know what's going on. They know that God has been working in the midst. And then once you get past that a little bit, you look back, you're like, oh my goodness. You see all the different things that God was doing that just point to this moment. Uh, it, it's almost like thinking of, uh, of David uh, before he became King David, David, son of Jesse, who um, somebody looking in would say, I mean, he, he's over here, he slays a giant. People would be like, man, he's, he's amazing. He slayed this giant, did such a great job. Um, but they, they missed out on all the stepping stones to get to that point even. That, that he was a, a shepherd and that he was taking care of the sheep and that he was you know, defending uh, those, those sheep from animals and being able to get good with that slingshot, all these different things. It, it wasn't just you know, circumstance that all of a sudden he is, is standing before Goliath. I, I think of uh, Abraham. I think of uh, how Abraham heard from God and how he, he listened and he obeyed. I, I think of, uh, of Jacob. Who, who wrestles with God. And then from that point on, he's forever transformed. Um, I think of um, maybe Joseph and, and what a story Joseph has as, uh, as he rose through the ranks. And, and um, all of a sudden, he, he is put in charge because of his integrity and his commitment to God. Even though he had some really rough circumstances, he ends up being second to Pharaoh. Uh, all the what is your story? What has God been doing in your life? Uh, where, where have you heard God speak and then you've stepped out and obeyed? Um, when was the last time that you allowed God to use your talents and, but use, use them for, for the kingdom?
Um, when have you last wrestled and struggled with God only to see just amazing transformation on the other side? I, 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 it's not by accident. It's not by accident that these things happen. God is orchestrating these things. And the truth of the matter is that our little story can then become part of a much bigger story that is going on around us. We are part of God's story. We're a part of what he's doing in this world. You can really be, like Mary said, the hands and feet of Jesus. And it may not always be pretty. It may look a little weird at times. It, it may be just, just all-out struggle. But, but God is working in your midst. And, and he may be telling you something even now. Um, he may be telling you about the story, where you've come from. He may be showing you maybe some of the next steps. He, he may be just saying, listen and obey. Whatever it is, God has a story that he's writing. A story that is his story, but a story that, even in the midst of that, includes you in his story. What is your story? Let, let's, uh, let's close in prayer. Father God, I, I do thank you for our stories. All so different, all so just <laughs> include so many different things that happen and things that are going on. But, but God, you are in the midst. You are working, you are, you are showing up. And God, so I pray, I pray that whatever may be going on, whatever we may be struggling with, whatever our story may just feel like in this moment, may we just sense you. May we trust you in this moment. May we know that you're ever-present. And uh, may God that change our story forever.